Happy No Shave November. Hope your legs are hairy and comfy. Welcome to another episode of Bitch Prince. For those of you who are just joining, Bitch Prince is a self-care podcast for career-driven women. Whether you are in a business office, wearing freaking pencil skirts every day, or in a casual setting where you can wear a hoodie, or whether you're a creative who has their own studio, or does different kind of freelance work, whatever. You're a career woman and you need self-care to be able to continue doing what you do best and making that money. If you are just now joining us, almost halfway through season two, Bitch Prince is named after a story my mom actually taught me, which you can learn more about in our first episode. But the name behind the podcast stems from when my mother back in the 80s was working at a very traditional, chill kind of restaurant that kind of serves mostly bar food, but also has salads. (laughs) And when they would be cleaning up at the end of the night, there would often be mugs or water glasses or wine glasses with gobs of sticky, colorful lipstick prints. And every single time they would have one of these prints show up on a glass, or we would notice one of these glasses all gobbed up, and that would mean mm, they would have to be doing some extra scrubbing to get that off, that they would call these bitch prints. And bitch prints, of course, to them, meant probably some broad with way too much makeup on that left this nasty mark they have to spend extra time scrubbing and cleaning off. But to me, it showed these women were not shy to leave their mark. Were a lot of these women probably not the nicest to my mom and the people that were working with her? Uh, Yes, and that's why they made fun of them and called it bitch prints because, you know, play on words, hello. But I'm taking it in an even more positive light and saying, hey, we are here to leave our mark just like those bitch prints and you're going to know that I was here. And so I take you all on a journey of both reaching forward in our career, but also doing it in a way that practices self-care. So whether it is emotional self-care, physical, balancing relationships, politics, injustices, we are navigating the world together to make sure that we are practicing self-care so that we can tackle anything that comes at us and push forward in our career and in our own personal development. So with that, welcome, welcome. I'm very happy to have you all. It's been a pretty interesting, but in the end, positive November. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving coming up, which is, you know, of course, one of the holidays where we associate it with eating, even though a lot of people associate it with white people coming over and raping and pillaging and taking stolen land, which is true. It is also associated with eating. And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about binge eating and eating food or overeating as an emotional comfort, because I think that a lot of times we will focus on people who have eating disorders where they don't eat or they, you know, of course, get sick and regurgitate it. So anorexia or bulimia. But I know that throughout the beginning of November, a lot of us were probably turning to food as an emotional comfort to get through a lot of our anxieties. And I know it's very normal for my friends and I to kind of binge eat when we're feeling emotional in general. But I know that this is probably something that was happening even more often than normal at the beginning of this month. So I wanted to address it because binge eating is not only, of course, not the 
best way to handle your emotions. Not the worst, but not the best. But it leaves you with feelings that are going to bleed into your day that could affect your career. And it's not putting your best foot forward. And so I want to be here for you. And I want to help you manage the stresses that enter your life as a woman so that they don't hinder you or make you turn to habits that could be uh, harmful to you. So we're going to talk about binging today, folks. I know that my friends and I kind of joke about binge eating a lot, and maybe we shouldn't, but um, anyone who doesn't really understand the difference between binge eating and just overeating, you know, if you're kind of mindlessly eating and you accidentally are like, oh shit, I just finished this whole thing of popcorn, or if you're like, oh, you know what, I, I want some little extra dessert today. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have two desserts. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna treat myself <laughs> in your best uh, David Rose voice. Yeah, that might be overeating, aka eating more than your calorie intake needs or eating more food than you need. But that's not binge eating. Everyone overeats once in a while. Binge eating, which actually is a formal disorder, binge eating disorder or BED, is compulsive overeating. So you're consuming an abnormal amount of food, but you're not able, you recognize it and you're unable to stop. And it's that loss of kind of control. So it's not just, oh, I was mindlessly eating or didn't notice, or I want to treat myself. It's noticing it and saying, I'm eating so much, but I'm out of control and I can't stop. And I want to keep eating and I'm going to keep eating. And then most of the time after that, you feel a sense of hate or guilt or disgust towards yourself. And most of the time, this is connected to depression or anxiety because your binge eating is because you are depressed or anxious. Now, <laughs> I didn't start off with a disclaimer here. Probably should have. I am not a therapist. I am not a professional. Warning, disclaimer. I'm going to share some research with you that I have found but I am not your doctor and I am not a professional. So if you have any of these symptoms or have concerns that your binge eating is getting out of control and even more towards a disorder, go see a doctor, go see a therapist, see a professional. I am maybe going to take some things from WebMD, but WebMD isn't always totally correct either because if you have a stuffy nose, you could maybe have the pneumonia according to WebMD. So please... I am looking up research to support this because I don't like being completely not credible, but I am not a professional. So don't at me saying you gave me shit advice because this is an option. You don't have to listen. I'm doing my best. I'm going to give you advice that I have researched, but I'm not a doctor. So I am not diagnosing you. I am not telling you you have to do these things. I'm saying if you feel this way, it is valid. And you should maybe go see a doctor or a professional or a psychiatrist or a therapist if this is an extreme case in your life and it is affecting you on a day-to-day -day basis. So now that that very long disclaimer that would be pages of pages of italics is over, back to binge eating disorder or BED. So for those that don't know, I actually looked up on an eating disorder website. It's called eatingdisorderhope.com that it was first diagnosed or explained in 1959 by a man named Albert Stunkard. And he was a psychiatrist. So again, if you have this, 
go to a psychiatrist. I am not one. And he first kind of focused it on night eating. Uh, He called it night eating syndrome or NES. And he realized that binge eating is, there is that outside of the nocturnal aspect. So the binge eating disorder was to say, hey, this is a similar behavior, but it's not something that only happens at night. For me personally, I have more of the night eating syndrome. And when I see my depression uh, rising, I will often turn to food for comfort and it literally is always at night. It's not something I do every day or regularly, but when it does happen, it is at night. And sometimes I feel guilty after. Sometimes I'm like, fuck it, this was a hard week. I deserved all that crap. So I have more of a night eating syndrome for sure. But I want to focus on binge eating disorder because it is going to affect your life to a greater degree. And one of the things that hurts me the most about binge eating disorder is, of course, the health aspect. I know I was even just eating the amount of cheese is disgusting. So much cheese. And it literally, literally raised my cholesterol like nine points over, which isn't that much, but like, holy shit. And I'm like a, like not to be obnoxious, I'm a skinny person. So I was like, what do you mean my cholesterol is what? (laughs) So it can really harm your health. And I'm not just saying weight. I'm saying weight on top of other things. Gaining weight suddenly is usually a sign that You might have other things going on in your body. You're not treating it right. And so you're going to have other complications. Um, It's it's kind of a, a sign of that. So there's other worse things happening inside your body. But it also is this huge struggle with emotions. And so if you are binging and then immediately after when you've either gained back your control or you literally just, it's finally that episode's over because episodes end, you feel this intense amount of disgust or guilt towards yourself and your depression or anxiety is still there and you still feel like shit and maybe even more like shit because of what you just did to your body and this is not only not good for your health physically but mentally because the feelings that usually are the cause of this binge eating is food as a way to cope. And so like anything else that you use as a coping mechanism, it can be a vicious cycle. And so you could end up binge eating most nights, days, whatever, out of the week, even every meal. And, or you're using certain meals of, oh, well, I went out. Oh, well, I did this. It's okay if I keep eating. And you are just continuing that vicious cycle because you're using it to cope. And like anything else, using any kind of substance to cope is negative, even if it's food. And I know that's hard for some people to hear because it's hard to say, okay, well, I don't abuse drugs. I don't, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't abuse so many other toxic things that you could in your life to manage my stresses and my depression and my anxiety. I should give myself a gold star. And Yeah, you should definitely celebrate that, but you still can't use that to deflect that you do have something that is harming you and you do have a coping mechanism that is harmful and is in a vicious cycle because even if it's not as dangerous as, you know, heroin, it's still not good and it could lead to worse things because you are learning to cope with some kind 
of abuse of a substance and it is still an addiction of some kind even if it's food and so that is a disorder you need to treat and learn how to cope with your depression or anxiety without abusing something else even if it is simply food another thing with this type of compulsive eating is that when you're eating you're full or you like you aren't actually hungry or you know you should stop but you just literally can't like it's that can't thing of and that that pairs with addiction like I cannot stop eating and I'm just gonna keep going and you're gonna sit there and think of what you want next until you figure it out and then you're gonna eat it even if you can't think of something right away and it's that need to continue eating that loss of control that is still a form of addiction and again the difference with this and just night eating is that maybe night eating you might binge but it's like you did it once in a month and it was at night it's still not a good thing but there is a, a separation between the two that needs to be identified and binge eating disorder is way more harmful it happens more often and is directly always correlated with some kind of depression or anxiety it can often be coupled with trauma as well. And so again, back to coping, you are using food to cope with some kind of trauma that you are choosing to not properly attack and treat. You need to go to therapy for something and you're not, and this is how you're coping. And so the first thing to do, if you do think you have BED, is to really think, okay, what am I feeling when I am starting to do this, when I lose this control and I let it let myself lose this control when I'm using food to cope is it depression or anxiety that I need to treat or is it I think of something I get triggered by something specific and when I think of that thing I just immediately need to cope is this just a product of me not actually dealing with and healing from some sort of trauma because it could be both. It could be both trauma and depression or anxiety. It could be one or the other. You have to identify why it's happening to you so that you can treat it and reach out for the right help. But in the end, the right help is like, you know, go to therapy and maybe they can help you figure it out too. It's not all on you. If you can't figure it out right away, that's what therapy is for. So I know with the climate this entire year, and especially now that the election is over, I'm sure a lot of people that have BED have been suffering. I'm sure a lot of people that didn't really even think they had it realize that they might have it because you have been dealing with things you're not used to be dealing with in your day to day, like quarantine, like the political climate, and those things are all hitting you. And now you are turning to food in a way you've maybe never even turned to. And I'm here to say that that is okay. It doesn't make you damaged or bad or need to feel guilty or disgust. It just means you have something that you've recognized and need to assess and work on. And shit, don't we all? <laughs> just like anything, I'm not sitting here trying to point the finger and say, this is bad, you're bad. No, these are common things. I'm here to validate you and say so many other people go through this and especially life is hard enough and then with everything that's been happening if you are feeling this way now that's okay even if you've never noticed it before 
then go get help. Recognize it and go to therapy to figure out what is making you use food to cope in this way and try to find ways to cope in different ways and to treat cognitively or maybe with some kind of anxiety or depression medication this binge eating disorder and I can't tell you what it is I can't tell you the cause 100% I can't tell you how to 100% treat it all I can say is here are tools that have worked for me and go see a professional and go see a doctor and a therapist because in reality this when things are tough in the world we do turn to our vices and when food becomes more than a vice it becomes a disorder it's up to us to fix it and treat it so that we can stop this compulsive eating so it doesn't lead to obesity or high cholesterol or high blood pressure or other things that can severely impact your life and your well-being. Binge eating is sometimes a tough one to identify because you do think, oh, maybe I'm just overeating or I'm not really using it to cope, but... Even though the exact cause, you know, can vary and is totally unknown in terms of one thing or another, there are a lot of different ways that binge eating could have affected your life or why the current climate or quarantine could have triggered this for you. It could simply, like so many things, be biological. It could be associated with addiction behaviors that are in your family and this is how it's manifesting in you. You could actually just have some hormonal irregularities that you aren't treating. So it might not even be some kind of trauma or depression or anxiety. There could be something hormonally happening in your body that needs to be treated with medication and that isn't. And this is something your body is doing to think it's solving for it, but it's wrong. And if once you get this treated, you might not even have this kind of disorder because your body will recognize, oh, I'm, I'm good now, I'm, I'm treated. But it could be identifying whatever is happening in your body hormonally, and this is the incorrect way, but the way it thinks it could fight it is eating. Of course, it could be psychological, like coping with your feelings. But again, it can also be social and cultural, as the Eating Disorder Hope website says. You know, so many things can trigger emotional eating, whether it is political things or the media or even something like social media where people are commenting on your body. So not just cultural, but social. Eating disorders, especially when we think about ones that are more on the not eating side, we think of, oh, I have body issues. And you would think, well, if you have body issues, you wouldn't eat more. But that's not true because this is emotional eating. So if someone makes a comment on your body or your weight, you might think in your head, well, fuck you, I'm, I'm just gonna do what I want. And then you cope with it with food and then you continue and continue and continue. And so it's like I said, a never ending vicious cycle. If you are still wondering, okay, do I really have this? Again, I'm not a professional, I cannot say this enough. But the difference between this and just sometimes eating too much or overeating is because with BED, you eat when you're full, you can't stop eating, and a huge thing is you keep it a secret. And I'm going to be honest, that's part of the reason why I say I definitely have the night eating disorder. I have been guilty of this at night, so I am, hello, raising my hand. If you secretly eat food, 
which I totally do. I'm like, mm, he's, he's playing video games. Cool. That means I get to binge eat food and no one will see. And I know that I shouldn't be binge eating it. And I know I'm going to hate myself afterwards. And I still do it. If you also are stockpiling food specifically and hiding it to eat at a later time, that's very similar, you know, to alcoholic tendencies, even drug tendencies and drug abuses, stockpiling things, hiding things in secret places so that you can secretly eat it or at a later time or in you know, other cases, consume, inject, etc. Another huge thing with BED is that you'll eat normally in the presence of others, but when you're isolated, you gorge. So a lot of times, you know, with drinking and drugs, once you start, you just can't stop. You know, that's a huge part of that. But with food as a comfort, you can maybe stop like for, you know, oh, I can just stop. Like a lot of times with substance abuse, you really literally like once you start, it's over and you're going to finish that bottle of wine and then go and find some cocaine. And I mean, you just can't stop. With food, it's easier to eat normally in the presence of others and then when you're alone, just totally gorge. And so that's why, you know, if you see people that maybe are overweight and you're like, holy crap, how? Maybe they do have this disorder. So please don't comment. It's not your place. It's not your business. But if you see people eating like birds and then you don't understand how they look like they're 50 to 100 pounds overweight, that could be the case. And so that is their they need to heal and figure that out is not there for you to comment on because this is a, a disorder that needs to be treated by a professional and it is emotionally stemmed. And of course, you know, if you have any kind of stress or anxiety or emotions or lack of emotions or something like that, that is where a lot of this stems. But this website I took a look at and used for research also was saying that, you know, a lot of it's the state of being satisfied. And if no matter how much food you have, you're not satisfied. So again, sometimes that happens to me at night, once in a blue moon, but this is, you know, obviously more regular that you're never satisfied by your meal. So you have a full meal and it's not just, oh, I'm not full. It's I'm full, but I'm not satisfied. And so no matter how much food you consume, you want more food. It's almost like an oral fixation. It's not a need to sustain yourself. It's not a need because you're hungry or having that feeling. It's a satisfaction thing, which is why it leans toward addiction. And again, this is not only so important for you to treat for your emotion. This is an emotional response. And so there is something, whether it's depression, anxiety, trauma, social, political, something happening you are not treating it and this is your body's mental response right now. So you need to go seek help. But it can affect your physical body as well, which makes this kind of coping even more harmful because you could get type 2 diabetes. You could get different diseases within your organs like gallbladder disease. You could obviously, you know, get cardiovascular disease from high cholesterol, high blood pressure. It's dangerous for your literal time on earth and your physical well-being. When you think that you have this, if you've identified it, even if you maybe just think you have the night disorder like I do, and you've identified that like, yeah, I don't feel guilty every time, but I know that I've had nights where I've made the choice to binge and been like, fuck it, I'm doing this. And even if you didn't feel guilty afterwards, you know that's not healthy and you were using food to cope. So whether you have that or you are listening and think, 
maybe this year I have not been able to keep my depression or anxiety in, in control and certain things happening in this climate have triggered me or quarantine has triggered me and I'm seeing these symptoms come back or seeing these symptoms for the first time and it's definitely out of control. Of course, the first thing you can do is try cognitive behavioral therapy. And this is what I used to always do for my depression in general until I became an adult and my dad passed away when I was 22 and I was left with a lot of baggage. And I realized I had anger, I was always a crier, and I had anger that I had never been able, like I never had that kind of anger before. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm cynical and people are stupid, but I never had the level of anger in my daily life that I wasn't properly coping with. And I had always used the cognitive behavioral therapy from my therapist to get through my depression because it's mild. And I had just been through too much and it just wasn't enough. And it was a hard decision, but I had to get some Lexapro. I love Lexapro. Um, and if you're wondering, uh, Lexapro, if you want to, if that's something you're maybe wanting to explore, I would say start off with five milligrams, 10 tops. Anyway. So the first thing is, of course, to go to therapy and learn some tools for cognitive behavioral therapy. But, of course, if you get to a point where there is something deeper there, you might need to seek other forms of therapy um, that actually focus more on your relationships with someone or the way you see yourself or how you cope with stress and things like that. Um, that might be something you need to lean more into and cognitive behavior might not be enough because um, it's more cognitive is understanding thoughts and feelings that influence your behaviors, whereas other forms of therapy are showing, you know, it's not just internal, it's your relationship with others to others or, you know, focusing more on how you cope with stress and how to properly regulate your emotions. And sometimes cognitive behavioral therapy isn't enough and you need some more intense therapy or sometimes, you know, you might need some medication and that's okay. If it's a trauma, of course I suggest therapy. If it is depression or anxiety, I do suggest just five milligrams. <laughs> Life is fucking hard and it's okay if you need some a little bit of help or a bag of chemicals and you're currently not if you have BED you're not feeding your body with the right chemicals and you're feeding it with way too many chemicals and fuel and so if you take five milligrams of something and that helps your BED and helps curb that kind of coping then that is 10 bazillion times healthier for your mind body and soul so take that into account of what's really harming you i mean it it, it the food is going to be harming you if you have bed so it's it's hard it's really difficult because it's it's very easy for this to be undetected because with anorexia or bulimia a lot of times you kind of can, people can catch it more because you're getting sick or you're not eating which is more noticeable than eating normal amounts and then binging in private the whole point of this is that you binge in private so people aren't seeing it and so a lot of people do have this disorder and don't know it uh, the website I was researching said that binge eating disorder does actually affect more people than anorexia or bulimia no matter your gender I can't, you know, 100% validate if that's true, but that is 
huge if that is true. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what gender, what race you are. This is an emotional thing. And if you have access to food, then, you know, this could harm you and this could be a way you cope and you think it's maybe harmless because it's not an addiction to drugs or alcohol or some kind of substance that we know is bad, but it's still just as bad. But again, I'm not here to shame you. Plenty of people have the, what might seem, simple triggers to this kinds of things, like a change in their life, such as, you know, going off to college, you know, that's a lot where the freshman 15 stems, or going through a personal crisis, a relationship, money, some kind of issue with debt. It can be anything just like any other kind of coping mechanism or addiction. So this is not here to shame you or say that there's something wrong with your body or your mind. It's just a reminder to check in with yourself because we have gone through so much emotional trauma and social and political triggers this year from the quarantine to the election. And so it's saying, hey, you've been spending a lot of time with yourself lately and a lot more time at home and possibly more time binge eating. So check in with yourself and look at how you're coping because binge eating is one of the most common ways to cope and one of the most unrecognizable because people are doing it in secret and it's not going to affect your life in the way that drugs or alcohol can. Those are really going to permeate through your career and your relationships, whereas binge eating might not affect those areas as much, but it is going to affect your brain and how you view yourself. So even though it's not going to be as obvious as you being high or drunk all the time and people directly immediately getting mad at you, this wrong way of coping with it's valid to need to cope and it's valid that these things are triggering you or causing you hurt or pain but you need to recognize that you're only harming yourself and since people can't recognize binge eating as easy as other coping mechanisms chances are people might see you gaining weight and just make rude comments about your health or people might, you might feel so insecure in your own head. And since you're not treating your depression or anxiety, then it can affect your career or your relationships. But it's not as easy to identify because it doesn't seem as directly harmful. But I am here as a night eater to tell you that it is harmful and not to shame you. I am here to empathize and say, it's totally valid if you are noticing these habits for the first time or showing up again based on 2020 or anything else happening in your life. But take a step back and try to recognize it because it could be extremely harmful to your body and you're not actually treating your mind. So again, it's a coping mechanism. So it's not solving anything. You don't lose this control and then feel better. You most often are going to actually feel guilty and disgusted with yourself and then just do it again the next day. So that's the thing is not only are you physically making your body more unhealthy by consuming all this food, but you're not actually treating your brain, which you are using this food to cope with. And so it's this horrible double-edged sword and then making it so undetectable makes it harder. So I'm saying sit here with yourself and see if you can detect it in yourself. Be honest with yourself and go to therapy to not only get some cognitive behavioral tools, 
but to try to figure out what it is. Is it your depression or anxiety or trauma or just the current climate? What is it that's making you turn to food in this toxic way so that in the future, when things happen, you don't become a repeat here, that it doesn't become a vicious cycle, that you can better identify it the next time around. Again, I'm not here as a professional and I don't know absolutely everything, but I want, I've seen this in myself and my friends as a coping mechanism and a very common one. And so I thought it would make sense to share it with you because if I am seeing it even as a night eater with myself and with my friends, and again, often we joke about it, but in reality, if it's happening every day or even every other day, it might be an issue. And it's one that's just so easy to pass off because it's food and we all need food. It's not, you know, alcohol or drugs, which we don't need. We need food. So it's fine. I just ate a little bit more and then more and then more and then hit it and then more. (laughs) So it's harder to detect and it's also more widely done by more people and it's seen more as normal. In reality, part of the reason why people are doing this, you're seeing this more than anorexia or bulimia is because it's not looked upon immediately as bad. You know, I know that anorexia often will happen because people think, oh, you're not eating, cool, you're skinny. Like that is something that is toxic, but it's even can be even worse and not saying worse as in what you're going through is worse. Worse as in it can affect more people with binge eating is because if you're eating, like we all need food to eat, we need food every day. No one's gonna be like, why are you eating dinner? That's weird. (laughs) And so if you're hiding food, people are going to notice or people are not going to notice, sorry, because you're hiding it. Whereas if you're suffering from anorexia and you're sitting at a table with everyone and not eating, people are going to notice that quicker. And so it's just so easy to hide that binging. So as always, it's okay in these moments where we turn to different things to help us cope, but we have to recognize that Just because we're not turning to something totally toxic doesn't mean we're not harming ourselves and harming our bodies and harming our minds by not treating the source of what's really wrong. And that is still, even though it's not going to permeate your life like drugs and alcohol, it's by not solving what's happening in your brain that is going to still permeate in your relationships and your career. And I want to make sure that we are all taking care of ourselves so that No matter what comes at us, we can handle it without going off the deep end into binge eating disorder. And we know that we can lean that way and preventing it the next time around. And again, you might have not noticed this was an issue until literally this year, being home so much with the absolute craziness that is quarantine and this election. And that's okay. People figure things out at different times. It's never too late to start working on it and to start fixing it and start properly addressing your emotional needs. It's never, never, never too late. The only time it's too late is when, well, you're dead and you can't work on anything. <laughs> so work on it now and, and take a look at it. And if you re- when you realize the cause behind the binge eating, your life is literally going to get better because you're either going to be fixing some sort of trauma, learning new tools to cope with the things this crazy ass world hands to us, or you're going to properly put the right chemicals in your body for your depression or anxiety. So if anything, I mean, I don't know if this is 
very shallow or rude to say, so I'm sorry if it offends, but be happy that it was food and you can cope with it and now address it and start addressing your emotional issues that cause you to need this comfort and be thankful it wasn't alcohol or drugs because that is harder to come back from because it hits you in different ways because you literally can lose yourself to these drugs and of course it's more obvious when you're harming your body with these so that is not me invalidating binge eating but I think we can all agree it could be more quickly harmful to your mind and body and life for a different substance so I think it's totally okay if you say you know what hey, this makes me feel a little bit better. Whatever makes you feel a little bit better in your own mind to then go forward and fix it and and make sure that it's not affecting your day-to-day. The world is tough and we have to find the right coping mechanisms. And again, I, I, I see this in myself and my friends and it's so easy to joke about because it's just eating food. And I know a lot of us have probably seen that with quarantine, with alcohol as well, because there's so many memes of like, it's quarantine, baby. I'm just going to drink. And I'm totally guilty of that as well. But um, we need to recognize the harm that can be doing and sometimes stop joking about it because we, when we connect with like minds, sometimes that can be a negative thing. If you're all binge eating and you're like, oh, it's funny, okay, we're all doing it, okay, then it's fine. And it can be maybe fine if it's just once in a while or if it really is just overeating, like, oh my God, I ate a whole bag of popcorn last night and I didn't even notice. But if you really are binge eating every other day or every day and you're hiding your food, if you're hiding anything in general, but if you're hiding you're eating and you know it's wrong and you are not actually feeling better, you're probably feeling worse afterwards because then you get that self-loathing, then you need to stop joking about it with your friends as well and being like, oh, it's quarantine. Uh, It's just whatever, you know, I just had to eat all that because it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your friends either, but finding like minds doesn't, and finding people that go through the same things and are treating it the same way and coping the same way doesn't make you healthier. It's good to talk to people about things that have gone through similar things because talking is the proper way to cope, but just sharing how you're negatively coping and laughing about it and then continuing to all negatively cope, that is not therapy. (laughs) That is not finding common issues and helping each other through it. That's like minds or groupthink fueling negative behavior. And it might not seem negative because it is just food, But food is such a powerful tool. It can literally change your brain. I, you know, you, if you aren't eating it right or exercising, you have like, that's the one thing. I think freaking Jim Carrey said it. You're not giving yourself a chance if you have depression or anxiety. And binge eating is going to affect that. And if you have traumas or you're not able to cope with the current climate of the world, binging's not going to solve it. It's going to make your head feel worse going to let anything in your head fester because you're not actually solving it or tackling it and it's literally going to harm your body so just take that into account reach out to a therapist make an appointment there's no harm in doing so to just say hey I recognize I have this and I just want to figure out why because you really can't stop anything unless you figure out what the trigger is and maybe you already know maybe it's clear to you that it's depression or anxiety But if it's the current climate or if it's some kind of trauma or you're just unsure, I highly recommend just going to a therapist to talk through it and saying, I know this binge eating is an issue and I'm really not sure 
why. And they're going to help you find that why because you can't just quit, quit anything cold turkey, really. I mean, that's just too hard. And if you aren't finding the root issue and the root cause, you're not giving yourself a fighting chance. And so even if you are able to magically eliminate your binge eating on your own, but you didn't actually figure out what was causing it, it's going to come up again just like any other addiction. And I'm here for you for the long haul. I want you be, to be able to tackle your life and your career and your relationships, no matter what your trauma or emotional mental health is. And it's not mentally healthy to ignore what is causing these issues because, oh, I'm not currently binge eating or I was able to stop at this point in my life because yes, you know, cognitive behavior can work, but if that's not something you are doing, you're just stopping without changing your behavior, then you haven't found the root issue. If you, you need to change your behaviors and you need to figure out what is actually happening that make your behaviors change for the negative. Because if you don't solve what's inside, you're not going to be able to truly end the coping mechanisms or stop them before they happen. So binge eating, it's common. You don't need to feel guilty. You just need to assess why you're doing it so that you can better be there for yourself and practice self-care in the craziness that has been this flipping world. Whether you still have a job, if you're struggling for a job, if you are an essential worker, so many things could have triggered you this year on top of normal, regular day-to-day -day depression and anxiety. So, or not being around people could have triggered it. It's, it's emotional. So don't feel guilty. Just figure out a way that you can help yourself. And so I do want to do my shout out to a foodie on Instagram. Her name is Deliciously Ella. And I'm pretty sure she just like recently did something with like Harry Styles or something and I geeked out about it. But she is really good with healthy eating and she ate healthy because it was affecting her physically. She had different at like d diagnoses that she didn't realize that the food was causing that. And so if you need some healthy recipes or anything like that, I say check her out on Instagram. But if you have you know, an issue where you need to not be looking at food because you are literally in binge eating mode and it's going to take some time to get out of that coping habit and that vicious cycle, then instead of looking towards certain foodies, I say try to eliminate those kinds of accounts on your social media, especially Instagram. Try not to follow a bunch of foodies. It's only probably going to trigger it more. Like if you're already feeling depressed or anxious or triggered, and then you're scrolling through and see like 50 delicious things of food, you're just going to be like, okay, cool. I'm checking out. I'm going to go emotionally cope with some food now. Like it's only going to trigger you to do that more. So if it's, if it is an issue, just unfollow those people and find some other people that are going to inspire you in other ways with your career, with your hobbies that are going to trigger you to take positive actions in life and not just go eat more. You've, you've got to be realistic with yourself and you've got to stop like tempting yourself with the scroll. If you know you're a binge eater, stop following food accounts. <laughs> if you need someone positive to follow this week or watch or you need some extra inspiration 
you can, of course, I mean, whatever, look at hashtags, but follow me on Instagram. It's at Mallory.Blaine. I really don't post food pics. It's at M-A-L-L-O-R-Y dot B-L-A-Y-N-E. I always like to connect. And if you guys have been feeling any negative feelings that I haven't addressed during 2020 and quarantine and U.S. politics, please feel free to bring them up. Are, you know, if there's a different way that you've been coping negatively that you've noticed and you just want to have some empathy or some validation or some basic coping mechanisms or just a friendly voice that can help you kind of talk through it and ease your mind or listen to when you're feeling triggered, please let me know. I want to cover as many topics as I can and support you guys. I picked this one because this is a way that my friends and I have found ourselves coping this year. So I, I re- recognize it. I sympathize. I empathize. And it's okay. We just got to work on it and make sure that we're doing the best to treat ourselves well, stay healthy mentally and physically, and be able to continue to leave our mark. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you back next Wednesday.